This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of law. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, joining me is the very patient and amazing Jason Inman <laughs> of Jowen and uh, DC All Access. Thanks for being here, man. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Sal. Anytime. And multiple times. <laughs> Why not? But uh, And ah, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> man, you know, all right. <laughs> but uh, hey, today we're going to talk about, uh, in, in light of Secret Empire and the huge upset, people of... Yeah, man, uh, the fact that Steve Rogers is Hydra and he's an evil guy, even though he feels real bad about it. Um, that A stands for Hydra now. Yeah, A is for Hydra. I think I remember reading that book or having that book read yep. to me when I was a child. Yep. It might explain my dyslexia. So, uh, today we're going to talk about other instances in which heroes became villains and maybe like espouse about uh, how long that lasted or how we felt about it or if we remembered it. Because. Jason hit me with this idea, and I'm like, "This is gold." And then I was like, "Okay, I gotta look at it, look and see if I can like remember, like a lot instances. more than you think." Oh, it was. Yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh my god!" And then like the just flooded back to me. I'm like, "Okay," um, but yeah. So today we're gonna talk about heroes turn villains, and like I guess we should start with the ones that we just remember, like where we're just like, "Okay, this guy." <laughs> well, do you want? I was gonna say, do you want? Do we want to start with with with? Because there's there's multiple ones right now. Yeah. Like, do, do we want to talk about? A little bit about Captain America. Yeah, let's 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 yeah let's let's uh, break the ice by chatting a little bit about the current status quo for Captain America and where we mm-hmm. kind of like led up to Secret Empire and how we're there now. Because yeah, because uh, you just yeah, finished reading it like the first I, issue. Yeah, I, I finished reading Secret Empire one like right before this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like. I think it's very reactionary to what's going on in America right now. I'll just say like that when when about a year ago and they talked about there was that big reveal it was like Captain America number one, right? Yeah. And he like kidnaps the plane and it's like Hell Hydra and the internet lost their their heads. Right. Um, I actually was fine with it because I was like, all right, I'm gonna see where the story goes because this is not the first time that we've seen a hero turn evil. Even Superman has turned evil, uh, and we have an instance that we're gonna talk about that in this too. Yes. Um, but. As this story has gone along and gone along and gone along, Nick Spencer has kept introducing um, these cosmic key cube things that keep complicating the storyline. Yeah. And I think he's I, I wonder if he's lost sight of what this story is going to be about, because now I feel it's about him really just trying to tell a metaphor about America right now. Right. Whereas when he started the storyline, I think he was just trying to tell like the classic comic book storyline of this is what happens when a hero loses their way. Right. I mean, I think that the cosmic cube changing of Steve Rogers was always at its inception. Like that was, that's always like the one thing that you need in order to make Steve Rogers a bad guy. Cause you could always Mm -hmm. just have Steve. I mean, we've seen many times Steve Rogers being like, listen, I I am captain America, but like the state of America makes me kind of like really regret it. And so I'm going to like ditch this and become, you know, nomad, or I'm gonna, or I'll be the captain, or you know, U.S. agent, or something. Like he's abandoned the mantle of Captain America. This is like, yeah, this is a fundamental change where he's like, yeah, no, I am Captain America, but America needs to be Hydra because I was raised as a Hydra agent in this new alternate reality that I'm from. Like, 
that that in and of itself can be a cool concept and a, and a, and a great premise. Mm-hmm. But the I think that the amount of vitriol that uh, Spencer has been enduring and the amount of like just rage and blind non comic book context that they that, that that they're coming from has forced him, whether it's voluntarily or subconsciously, to alter the story and instead react to all of yeah. this. Because it's really like he could just be, like, he could just live in a vacuum and say, "Yeah, no, I'm telling the story. Don't worry, he's gonna be back to the to normal, and, like you know, whenever." But every time that he comes out and talks about it, he always says something like, "No, history has changed. Like the world is different now. Uh, like the Nazis did win World War II, and, and yeah. then we use the cosmic cube to change it. Like everything's different." And then he went ahead and with. Uh, with uh, what's it called? Uh, with this new issue of Secret Empire. Now we got Avengers who are also changed and evil. And he's mm-hmm. he, like, it's not enough that he changed Captain America. He's like, oh, if you think you're pissed because I changed Captain America, well, get I'm ready. Change all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now Thor's on my team and stuff. Like, okay, all right, Nick. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's 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 too bad because like he he sadly the thing about it is, is I think he kind of dug himself into this hole yeah. that I don't think he's gonna be able to get out of. And see, because that—that's the point. It's interesting. Like I said, I was totally down with this storyline until they introduced the thing of, yeah, the Nazis actually won World War II, <laughs> and that's the—that's the point where I was like, come on, yeah, yeah. really. Well, and it's like, it's more complicated. It's so frustratingly complicated because it's like, yes, okay, it's it's the well way said. that we normally like history is history, but then they use the cosmic cube to change history so that the change is that the Nazis really did win, but yeah. America used the cosmic cube to change that reality, and it's like, how about <laughs> you rip your head out of your ass and just decomplicate the story a little bit because this yeah, has gotten really. The- overtly confusing and almost like deliberately so to give people yes. a reason to be pissed. And now because it's so complicated, we all know that the way that this, the story is going to end is that there's literally going to be probably little to no consequences for Captain America because no. they're just going to rewrite reality with the cosmic cube. Yep. And that's why you want to do a story like this. This is why you turn a hero bad because you want to see the complications of like what happens when they go back to being a good hero. That was one of the, the things of that made um, Hal Jordan turning to Parallax. Big time. So good, because then when he came back into the DC Universe, Batman didn't trust him for like two years. Oh, no. And actually, it, in Green Lantern Rebirth, I had a problem with them saying, yeah, actually, Parallax was really responsible for most of the things that Hal Jordan did. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, you did all this character work for Hal Jordan where, you know, you, you, you thrust on all this stress. He went he went bad, and then he, he's trying to redeem himself. He sacrifices his life. Then he comes back anyway, and he's like, I did all this shit, but I'm, I'm still at the core a decent guy. And it's like, yeah, like, do that. Don't say that an alien space virus infected his spirit and made him more susceptible to fear and evil like that's i don't know i felt like it was just lazy i, I get i get what you're saying because like I, as a kyle rayner like green lantern fan like i love how jordan being the villain of that first arc is so amazing yeah um and i get what you're saying but i also uh just from a story standpoint there's no way you could bring hal jordan back no and make a hero <laughs> without doing that well that's fair and i did you say have to give him an out yeah and i have said like by the way making it parallax is a perfect retcon because yeah, I agree. Because I agree. John's paid attention to continuity and like 
he he i mean listen a perfect retcon for me is when you use existing continuity and take a thread that wasn't explored and then like exploit it in this mm-hmm. case i feel like you know john's did just invent a parallax pro like he was like no, no 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 there's this monster that i just invented that is the convenient problem solver that's like yeah it's so it's not quite perfect but it is still a solid retcon because everything worked and it was it was still solid. It was still a fun story. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, he achieved his goals, and I still was entertained. So that's a success. Yeah, and he kind of got it both ways. Um, do you have any other uh, heroes turned villains that you you said you you, you just stumbled that there are a couple that you have forgotten about? I mean, you know what what occurred to me recently was um, Iron Man from Civil War was kind of a villain. Like sort I, of, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: is that Miller, in no uncertain terms. Uh, painted iron man as a sympathetic character so mm-hmm. at least in the context of the civil war core series you know he is just a he's just a dick and the rest of and everybody mm-hmm. else who wanted to tell stories about that were like yeah um even though he was justified in his own mind and by other by, by his peers you know he he does kind of fall from grace a little bit and there are other times when i when tony stark has turned evil in fact there was another time before that when he legitimately turned evil i think it was as a result of some magic or it was it was a result because of kang yeah kang the conqueror there you go and it was the idea that kang had supposedly manipulated him ever since avengers like number five yes yeah and then so they had to bring they were like well who can beat tony stark teenager tony stark and how about yeah how about the darkest point in in tony stark's history ever by doing the i think it's called the crossing yes the crossing that's you're totally right Mm um you know it's funny it's not too dissimilar from it now in as much as so time tra- like because it really is time travel like they go back in time and like a hydra agent saves captain america and his mom or something like that and yeah. so they recruit him it's not too dissimilar from the crossing in this in the in this case it's, where it's like he's always been evil that's true that's true it's not a bad idea yeah yeah it's not bad um you know there's another one that i had forgotten about i had completely forgotten about uh daredevil and shadow oh, yeah Big time. Remember I mean, that? And, and that's not even the first time the Daredevil went back. I remember when he took over no. for the Kingpin, and he's like, "I'm not evil. I'm just, I'm just controlling crime." But yeah, no, yeah, Shadowland yeah. is where he legitimately, like, he he kills Bullseye, and he's like, "Yeah." And they turn it into an event. They turn it into an event. Not like yeah, yeah, kind of a mistake. Daredevil, <laughs> yeah, Daredevil takes control of the hand. Yep. Um, I like his. I I always liked his Shadowland costume because that's kind of like the Daredevil costume that we have right now, where yeah. it's like black. It's inverse. I kind of like that costume. Um, the The idea of that event is really good. And, like, when you're reading Daredevil before, then that's the excellent Air Brubaker run, and it's yeah. really cool. But the problem is, is that they do what you were talking about with Parallax. And they explain that, like, he's possessed by the beast of the hand. Yes. <laughs> so there's no consequence. And it falls apart. Yeah, it does completely fall apart. Because... Matt Murdock, like, kind of snapping is not just believable. It's a, it's practically a character trait for that guy at this point. So It happens every story. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you don't need to make it that he... He killed Bullseye. You know, he's not yeah. slaughtering people in the streets. You know, he killed a, a serial killer who murdered his girlfriend slash wife. Like, you can... Mm. You can you, you can forgive him killing Bullseye. Spider-Man could eventually get over that. Um by the way, apropos this like Cosmic Cube thing, I was just thinking like uh, they have. I know that Spencer said there's, they're not going to do a, a Cosmic Cube like Switcheroo or something like that, 
But oh, has he said that? I think he said something to that effect. But like, how did I think you get out of that story. Anyways, continue. Infinity Gauntlet or something, probably. Oh, you can use God. the time gem or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, here's the thing: is that Captain America is not going to be convinced by a rousing story of power and responsibility from Spider-Man. Like, there's not going to be like a character reason why Captain America like fixes everything. Man, that story. Eight months, the whole country is like teaching kids like indoctrination. Like, come on. Anyway. Let's move on. Well, it's, it's, the other thing, too, is, like, by skipping that jump, you basically tell us that, like, America, um, America like, folds pretty quickly. Yeah, we could break real easily. And it's like, no. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of something that I, also happens. I've heard some people complain about um, the Handsmaid Tale that's on Hulu, which I haven't seen. Mm. But it's kind of the same thing where there's, like, a terrorist attack and then America, like, just folds over and it's like, yeah, let's do this thing for a while. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're so. like this now. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it's 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 interesting because again, it's a, it's a good. All of these. The interesting thing about it is that all of these are, are 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 good story reasons, and none of these turning these heroes into villains are bad story reasons. It's the problem is is that how do you do the return to when they become a hero? It has to be a legitimately earned, cool like character yep. reason. Like like a. Here's here's a lazy one. It was a cool concept, and then be, okay, Jean Grey the Phoenix, right? Like yeah, Jean Grey's yeah. a good person. She's infected by a monster. We get it. Like that's totally, and she destroys a planet, and then she dies. And I think the idea was let's keep her dead. And then they were like, oh, we can't do that. So then they made it into she was a clone body. Like mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. could, you still, you have the parallax excuse. She was invected by a monster. Like, you don't need to kill her and then say that she was never her to begin with. Like, you don't need all that crap. But it's one of the first times I was thinking of, like, where they just did that. Where they're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, she was fake. And it's like... It, it was this fake thing. It, that yeah. sucks. And, I like, it sucks to the point where when I was a kid, I always just assumed, no. she Like, I forgot about the Madeline Pryor situation entirely. And was just yeah. like, no, it's just that she was she was infected by the Phoenix. And then when the and then they killed the phoenix and she was left alone like she and she was fine like mm -hmm. and and she just had to get used to it you know she had to get used to the fact that she well, you, was the conduit through which they uh, ultimate destruction was was achieved. Well, it's it's interesting because it, we also have a, you bring up an X Men thing made me think of this. Um, we also must have an opposite with what Magneto does at the end of Grant Morrison's new X Men. Yeah. So Magneto gets addicted to this super drug and basically destroys new york yes and uh, and and um so he you know but then later like the next storyline they do this storyline where excalibur um picks up and yeah. magneto's good and magneto's like well it wasn't me uh it, it wasn't me that was charles yeah or no it wasn't me it was like ah, that was a clone or whatever you yeah, know that was wasn't a... me and then they like did that whole bad zorn ripoff or they tried to say that zorn was the magneto and you're like that no that's no. terrible terrible just hold with it magneto magneto's the villain let him be the villain right well but that because we know that we're gonna make magneto a good guy inevitably yeah like i've never seen marvel ever hedge their bets the way they did with magneto <laughs> yeah like yeah, you could just crazy. say i mean yeah. Every time that Magneto's ever an X Man, they always have somebody say, "Wasn't he a terrorist? Doesn't he kill people?" And they're always mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but he's trying to do good." You could still have that be the argument. You don't need to have it be like, "Oh no, he was a clone, or he was mind controlled, or something like that." Like, no, Magneto's an asshole, and he thinks the ends justify the means. And sometimes he's like trying to make good, and sometimes he does, and you know, whatever. But no, it's weak. Yeah. 
You know, uh, another one that I was looking through with these lists and stuff like that um, yeah. is I completely forgot about Mary Marvel. Oh, God. You I... remember Mary Marvel around Final Crisis? Like, and they did that terrible countdown miniseries, and they gave her, like, this black S&M uh, uh, outfit and everything. Yep. And Yeah, they made oh her all sexual God. for no reason, and it was like... Yes. Yeah, I it, I didn't even, honestly, like, I've, I was aware of Mary Marvel. I didn't know anything about the character except how she... except. What she looked like, and then how she was portrayed during Final Crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you didn't know anything before that? I, I never really liked the Marvels. Like, I never really had any respect for the Marvel family lineage, lineage so I was just like, whatever. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a crazy one. And then also you gotta think about, like, um, uh, somebody brought this up in the comments. Um, Ultimate Reed Richards. Yes. Now, I it's weird, because I like and also hate this at the same time. Yes. Because I actually really do like the first, like, 30 issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four. I love it when it's Bendis and Miller. I love it when Warren Ellis takes over. And then I love it when Mark Miller comes back and introduces Marvel Zombies. Oh, my um, God, yeah. And I think, I, think, I think it's just a good time. And then I can't remember the writer that took over after that. But then Bendis did that. It was, like, Ultimate Doomsday or something like that. And Ultimate Doomsday was where it was, like, all these weird villains were attacking the... Oh, the Cat- Universe. yes, yes. And Cat- they revealed him that he was, like, mad that, like, Sue uh, left him behind. Yeah. Or Sue, like, broke up with him. And you're just like, oh, this is crazy. Like, like why? Like, it's weird because I hate it because it, it makes Ultimate Reed Richards a baby. But at the same time, you're kind of like, you know, Reed Richards as a villain is uh, kind of interesting. Yes, I, I was actually, uh, I never really enjoyed the Ultimate Fantastic Four, but I jumped on during that event because, uh, for whatever reason, I think Spider-Man was involved. And uh, I jumped <laughs> I jumped in, and I was, like, kind of taken aback by the switches that they were, the really big shakeups and upsets they were doing yeah. with, like, like Ben Grimm, he gets turned into, he gets, like, cosmic powers, and he loses his rockiness, and then... Uh, and Reed is just like, hey, like, you dumped me effectively, so now I'm out, and I'm going to turn evil. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in for this. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the change in Ultimate Reed Richards, I think, was a legitimate growth of the character. Maybe not in the right direction, mm-hmm. but, like, it was still, a, an, like, it was one of those things where people love the maker so much now, and I think it's, be- and I, you need that. Like, you mm-hmm. need that story. You need to be, like... Yeah, he's just a he's just a he he has superpowers, he's super intelligent and like sometimes like a a, a really bad breakup will make you turn evil <laughs> and invade like another dimension and send demons after your your friends and your ex-girlfriend. Yeah, like and you're just you're just a monster. Like you're like, "Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I like that idea that if it weren't for Sue, like Reed it would be a dick, like even more so than before." And it's like, "Yeah, okay. I'm down." And him be I, I you know yeah I just think it's a really cool concept I, I like how they tur- how that turned out for him but uh, somebody else yeah. also keeps up bringing up the idea of uh, the whole Axis event oh my god which is very interesting because we think about that I'd forgotten about that event because it's because it's so horrible and it's easily forgettable but that yeah that whole thing is predicated on good being bad I mean yeah. like yeah I forgot to mention like Iron Man in that case like where he's kind of become the superior Iron Man yeah irredeemable. Irredeemable Iron Man, yeah. yeah, 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 and then like, um, oh god, uh, Saber Two. The problem with that is that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't keep any of them no. on the other side. They did. I think Saber Tooth flipped, and that's it. But like every otherwise, like 
I had heard Nobody that flipped. I had heard that Havoc managed to like maintain or preserve being an evil person, but interesting. But then they forgot, or they or they didn't care. But because because then the world got destroyed in Secret Wars, yeah. and they could basically say like anything that we didn't like, we just we just made go yeah, away. Yeah, we didn't care. Like, and suddenly Miles Morales is here. Yay! Yeah, like well, Superior Iron Man. They didn't actually fix Superior Iron Man. They didn't make him not inverted anymore. It's just that oh, and when we came back, he was. Like we fixed oh, it. Oh, really? So he goes into Secret Wars as the superior Iron Man? Yeah. It's just that nobody, what? like, he doesn't actually do anything in Secret Wars, you know, besides yeah. die. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, like, talk to his ultimate version self. Yeah, I think him. that, I think that at the end of, at the beginning of Secret Wars, like, Cap and Iron Man die fighting each other. Like, <laughs> just punching wow. each other. It's really cool. I did not know that. That's uh, awesome. But, uh, but yeah, Inverted Heroes, like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just having Axis flashbacks. Oh man, Axis is like, and it, and it sucks for Axis because Axis like was the supposed to be like the culmination of Uncanny Avengers, yes. Remenders, Uncanny Avengers, and Rick Remenders, Uncanny Avengers is a great run. Mm. It's it's a lot of fun, some great art. Yes. but then when it leads to Axis, you're kind of like, man, this goes nowhere. Uh huh. And then, yeah. well, and it's also, it betrays the fallacy of the Avengers Unity Squad. Like, it it could not do anything but divide people, and everybody was, like, unhappy yeah. and miserable. Like, <clears throat> the best thing that ever happened to the Avengers Unity Squad was Captain America leaving. As it turns yeah. out, it actually really fixed everything. Because uh, I, I read the first two volumes of Ultimate, or Uncanny Avengers, and was like... Mm -hmm. Ooh, this is a rough book. Like there are a lot of there's a lot of poor decision making happening here. Um, I, thought yeah, it was a lot, I thought it was like, like crazy cosmically like just fun stuff. So yeah, I, I, I mean, able, no, I just I was like, able to with, roll with it. With respect to the team, I was like, this team is like man, but uh, but yeah, you, it it is the culmination. Like Axis should be like should have been like where Ultimate Uncanny Avengers ended, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because it all leads up to to Red Onslaught, yeah, and the inversion, which uh, yeah. yeah. Sabretooth is We're, a funny character you mentioned because, uh, you know, he was started out bad, then flipped to be good, and then I guess he's bad again. I don't, I don't know, really know. <laughs> what do you? How do you feel about uh, Cyclops? Okay, let's talk about Cyclops. Cyclops, like I always feel bad for Cyclops because nobody but a few people know how to write for him. And That's right. If you get bored with him, which you easily could, because like Brian Singer got bored after two movies. Um. I mean, you, talk about one, he's barely in two. That's true. He literally fights his wife, and that's it. And, yep. <laughs> and loses. But, um, and loses. But, uh, yeah, Cyclops, if, if you don't know what to do with him, you turn him into a villain. And that's... Yeah. I think I, I fear that's what became of Cyclops. Um, I don't know. I, I, I must admit that as a, as a like, casual X-Men fan, I always marginalize Cyclops as well. See, I... See, I... I I didn't. Like, I like Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops is actually one of my favorite X-Men characters. And the reason why is because, and, and again, it's my same frustration, I think, what, what you're talking about, is that you're right. Like, there are a lot of writers don't know how to write him. Well, or they're not but, interested in writing for him. They're like, I don't care about Cyclops. I want to write about Wolverine and Storm and, like, do some exactly, cool things with them. Exactly. And it's funny because I think Matt Fraction is one of the few writers that actually freak, uh, actually figured it out. Yeah. Because like he made Cyclops kind of grow up to be like the son of the two fathers, like the son of Magneto and the son of Xavier. So he's like half Xavier, half Magneto. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, it's funny because when you read Avengers vs. X-Men, and I have a lot of problems with that storyline, simply because it's like any of these storylines where they make the heroes fight against each other. One of the sides has to basically not act like themselves to make the story work. Yes, and that, um, I think that's X-Men because... Well, see, to me in that storyline, it's it's Captain America. He is, yeah, he is a dick Captain for America no reason. Captain America is an uber dick in that storyline. It's so line. weird because he's just like, hey, you better do this thing and we're going to make you. And I'm like, what ha What from history has ever taught you that this is a good idea? Yeah, like Captain America shows up to the sovereign mutant nation and says, give me hope. And Cyclops is like, why? And Captain America's like, because I said so. <laughs> and that's his only explanation. And so I'm like, you know what? That's why, like, for a long time, I proudly wore my Cyclops' right shirt because I was like, he is right. Right. Yeah. That, I think that's the, that's where yeah. they started with the Cyclops' right thing. Because he, he wasn't wrong in as much as, you know, you need to have a conversation first, yeah. at least about what to do with her. But mm. at the same time, the, the the leaps in logic for that book were, you know, yeah. astounding. It'll, he only turned into the villain for me when he turned into the Phoenix. And that's right. when he started doing the stuff and what are kind of like you were talking about with Jean Grey. But it's funny because even after um, AVX and they did, which was the first time Marvel now happened. Yeah. And they did that uncanny X-Men run where he was basically the leader of the Brotherhood. Right. Um, if, if you read that run, um, in that run, he's not a villain either. No. But everybody treats him like a villain. Like, he's just kind of like, look, I'm just going to train these kids in the Weapon X facility. Leave us alone. And then he attacks a bunch of Sentinels that are eventually learned, you learned that were controlled by S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So, again, it comes back to <laughs> Cyclops was right. Yeah. Yeah, he was right <laughs> to fight those Sentinels. Well, and also, I, I always had a, like, I, I loved the exploration of that world where they were like, oh, let's. Let's park some sentinels on the lawn at Xavier's and like yeah, put them yeah, yeah. under surveillance. And I'm like, I like I like where we are. I don't I don't like that it happened or you know the implications, but I liked that we explored that and I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And Cyclops was right. Like the dude has been backed into a corner so many times and so often. Yeah. Like, we give allowances and apologies to Daredevil every time he like has a bad day and then or just a nervous goes, breakdown. Yeah, he has a nervous <laughs> breakdown every ten minutes, and the dude's like. And every time they're like, well, Matt, you better watch it. Like, listen, Matt has a hard life. Like, Cyclops is a rough time. He's part yeah. of a dying race of people. Uh, you know, yeah. He's part of a weird situation. I was just thinking about mutant kind and how it's like, man, if you if you, if you treat it all like one continuity, like in the 90s, you couldn't you couldn't walk without tripping over a new mutant. Like yeah, it was part right. of we are the next step. We are moving forward. Like we are the future. And then after the Marvel deal and Fox and everything, they're like, oh, actually, we're part of like a dying breed and like one of our own ruined half of us. And it's just like okay. it's just like if you remember the highs and you're living through the lowest of lows, like yeah, you're in a you're in the you're backed into a corner, man. Like mm -hmm, Cyclops mm -hmm. has no choice. Um, but then. Um, after AVX and after the Phoenix thing, writers, I think, were lazy enough to just take that opportunity to go, no, he's a bad guy now. Like, or at least he looks like a yeah. dick. So like, let's just go forward with it. And then they got to a point you could tell where they, they didn't want to write the bad guy Cyclops anymore. Yeah. So they did Death of X and just killed them off in like the, one of the most pointless deaths of all oh time. Oh God, yeah. Um, and now all we have is young Cyclops. Cause they were, you could tell at a certain point they were like, we only want to deal with these young Cyclops, these young X-Men characters. Which to me, completely. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch another Elseworlds exchange right now. Okay. <laughs> um, how broken are the X Men? 
They because yeah. They are they are so beyond broken right now. Yeah, you need you you need because in in this world right now where we got like twelve new X Men titles and like eleven and a half of them are terrible. Yeah. Um, you need another reboot. Yeah. And I don't mean like reboot them like start over from scratch, but like you, I do. I mean, do you would you do would you do time travel and just go fuck it? I don't know, man. I to be honest with you, I I mean, I mean, they are so their history is so convoluted right now. Yeah. And it's made up most of the X-Men is time travel are time travelers right now. That's true. And that does not compute with the mission of the X-Men in the first place. No. Um <clears throat> so I don't know. I I Man, I, I would just start scratch, like yeah. year zero, and we and we go from there. Like, yeah, I, it's, because it is so. I don't think you can put a band aid over this like <laughs> bleeding wound. No, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I just read Uncanny Avengers today. I think it's the last mm-hmm. issue. Is it? Is it over? Yeah. Is it, it? I don't know. It I, felt I like it was it. over. But See, uh, when they when they when they when they put Deadpool in that title, that's where I jumped out because oh, I was yeah. like, Deadpool is not a team guy, guys. Nope. Well, he is now. He's the new Spider-Man. Yep. We uh, got to get him to sell titles. So here's yeah. Deadpool and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I actually really liked the first issue I picked up because it was Spider-Man, Deadpool, and a whole and like Quicksilver in the worst Quicksilver costume I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, Spider-Man's on the team, and he goes, Deadpool's on the team. Bye. And he quits the team, yeah. and I'm like, right on. That's how I feel. So I quit the book too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Well, but um, in Uncanny Avengers, in the last issue, we go into Cable's mind, and okay. Strife is there. Yeah, you remember Strife? Yeah, that's. I thought he was dead. Yeah, he what is. Happened? Strife is. It's not really Strife. It's it's like a, all of the embodiment of Cable's worst fears of becoming Strife in a person. <clears throat> But it, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right. But, but that reminded yeah. me of X Men and continuity, and how it's like, yeah, there's even if you were to reboot it, somebody, probably Chris Claremont, would do a story where like someone from the past or the future or an alternate reality would show up and screw everything up. I mean, you got Rachel Summers and or Rachel Gray, and you got like Cable yeah. and Strife and Bishop you know, and like, and that's not always a bad thing. I will say this that like. A time travel story with the X-Men is not a bad thing. No, no, that's true. I mean, it, it makes them... I, yeah, yeah, it's like space. I, I love Cable, actually. I, re- I really I really do like Cable quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that ever since the 90s, and Cable's the one I blame for it, even though I love Cable, Cable started this trend of all these apocalyptic futures of the X-Men. Yeah, he did. And people from these futures traveling back in time, and... Cable was introduced in like 89, 90, 91, somewhere in there. And we're only 17 years removed from that. And I think we've been introduced to like 25 (laughs) apocalyptic futures. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't even make heads or tails of like which ones belong to which time traveler anymore. Exactly. And I couldn't even tell you, yeah, what timeline any of half the X-Men people belong to anymore. Yeah, Well, like Apocalypse is responsible for which terrible timeline like bishops cables or everybody's like yeah no x-men are are would you be would you be averse to the idea of them taking the new x-men the all-new x-men is being just put them in the in the past and professor x instead of wiping their minds just goes no let's keep them the way they are (laughs) i mean change everything to be honest with you man i feel right now that they're they're in such a a deep dark hole with that 
yeah. that I don't know when they're ever going to return those kids back to the, to the past. Yeah, I don't know because if they will. Time should have broken in half by the time, like, them staying yeah. in the future. No, it's true. Well, but, but it already broke in, uh, in, yeah, I, in Knowledge of Ultra. <laughs> I, I, and we haven't dealt with that either. No. No, well, and we never will because that yeah. was a Bendis idea, so nobody cares. Yeah, well, I guess that was – unless it was supposed to be tied into Age of Ultron, but, like, oh, man. I don't know. If I had my way, I would reboot X-Men from ground zero. Yeah. It's the five of them. We introduce Wolverine in year two, mm-hmm. and we just take our time and we go slow. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? They're not in the Marvel Universe. They're off on their own. Oh, see, now I yep. I can't do that. I, I would never allow that. I, see, I, you know, but see, see I, I get, they'll never do that. But see, to me, for the best story, the X-Men can't exist in a world where you have the Avengers. Well, do, is it because they should be like the, the that world's Avengers, or is it because... People hate and fear people with powers, and it's, like, really weird that they have a problem. Well, with yeah, exactly. It's people being racist against these mutants that have no idea how to tell a mutant from a god. Yeah. Or Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, but suddenly I, they, don't, they don't care about Spider-Man, but they really care about Wolverine. Yeah, well, or if they have a problem with Spider-Man, it's because of bad publicity, not because they think that he, he earned his powers yeah. from birth but, for no but reason. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. So it's for me, like, I've, I, I don't know. Like, that's kind of why, like, I've... I, you know, it's it's kind of the reason why I've never had a problem with the Fox movies being separate. Right. Like, like I do think the Fox movies need a reboot as well. But like, you know, I'm fine with them being in their own universe because yeah. it makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I I completely agree. And you know, even in the '90s, like when the X Men were probably the most popular, it was mm-hmm. like they were in their own universe because nobody could hold a case. Like the Avengers were like a D-list team. They barely yeah. crossed over, and if they did, like everybody, are, if you ever want to imagine, try to try to picture the Avengers and the X Men teaming up, and the one image you have is that really cool. I I don't remember who drew it, but it's just it's Cap, Black Widow, and Wolverine, and Wolverine's in like Jim his, Lee. Yeah, it's that Jim Lee cover. Yeah, yeah, and it's Jim a Andrew, horrible yeah. crossover, and the Avengers are entirely ineffectual. But we put Wolverine on the cover, and boom! Suddenly, it's a it's a best selling book. Like, yeah. They practically the in their thing. own universe when they're popular anyway. So yeah, yeah. Green, uh, yeah, that's the thing, man. Like think about like that's the thing many people don't remember. Like pre ninety six, yeah, pre like I would say two thousand eight, nobody gave a damn about the Avengers. Not even close. The X Men sold Marvel. Yeah, it was the X Men. Yeah, it was it was X Men selling at the box office that made every other property get bought up and and they proved mm-hmm. they could make them. And let me tell you something: when I'm in the theater watching X Men in 2000 for the first time, and they go to Auschwitz and they handle it without like hammy bullshit, I was like, oh shit! Like, yeah, they fixed it. Like, they we can actually have good comic book movies again. Now that being said. I saw Blade a year before that, and Blade was a solid movie as well, but also yeah. it's a vampire movie and, you know, whatever. <laughs> Blade's a solid movie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, a little bit of stuff. Um, yeah. What, yeah about, we... what about... We got off topic. We got off topic, topic a little bit, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, that's... that's that. I the X Men are beyond broken. I'll that, tell you that's... what. We'll, we'll have to take... We'll have to, like, take a, take a couple weeks. We'll, we'll each come up with our Fix the X Men pitch. Oh man, I don't know if I have that pitch. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I want to be paid yeah. to write that pitch because that's, that's hours. That's work. That's that's legitimate work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's real work. Yeah, I mean Marvel clearly won't do it. So. <laughs> oh my god, and they're so getting we paid have for to? it. No, no, that's fair. <laughs> we'll just talk about how it broke in the X Men. We'll just complain the entire hour. 
Well, hey, this will bring us back, like, uh, bring it back to X-Men. Uh, let's talk about Scarlet Witch turning evil and killing all the Avengers. Yeah, and, you know, like, I remember, um, I remember a lot of complaints about it from, like, hardcore purists being like, Scarlet Witch would never do that, and she was never that powerful, and, uh, eh, I, I never had any problem with that. I thought it you was You know, cool. yeah, it, it didn't bother me either, but I, I think the people that it bothered were, like, the classic... Avengers fans? Yeah, I bet it like, really pissed off. like, the 80s fans. It probably pissed off George Kurt Brett Busiek, fans. and that's it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, really quick, just did you read that story? It was a... Uh, it wasn't really a story, but, like, it was a it was a reference. Somebody found an old, like, fan letter in an old, like, X-Men book, mm-hmm. and it was written by Kurt Busiek, who was a fan, who was yelling at, like, how he's going to quit X-Men, because X-Men is a political allegory for people who have like rights issues and like putting them in space is stupid and this phoenix saga thing is a bunch of crap it's really wow. funny but i was but just thinking what? about that how like i love kurt i love kurt music man i've met him a couple times he's lovely yeah. and i love his avengers run uh that's great that's that somebody found that letter yeah i agree with him <laughs> you th- you don't think they belong in space x-men don't belong in space because some of the best stories are in space ah uh. Yeah, I don't care. I'll give you the Phoenix, but it's the only one I'm going to give you. That's true. All right. I yeah. Well, no. Uh, and it, when you get into the third si- Summer's Brother and everything, that, that's when you lose me. Uh, yeah, it's where War of Kings, where yeah. it just completely implodes. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was funny how Kurt Busiek, before he was like writer and creator yeah. and instrument, like Kurt Busiek was just like X-Men don't belong here, and this this career this 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 genre defining event sucks. Yeah, Kurt Busiek, by the way, uh, is is the author of. Probably my favorite Avengers run of all time. Is that Forever? Uh, well, Forever is really good, but it's during that time. It's it's uh, yeah, it's the run that he did with George Perez after yeah. uh, Heroes Reborn. That that was, you know, what that was that is emblematic of what Marvel needs to do because now? it's just like because Heroes Reborn, or Heroes yeah, Heroes Reborn was such a calamity and such a mistake, and it's so poorly executed. No, it wasn't. I will argue that. I will argue all day. It is so you. terrible. But, uh, well, all right. I will, it, argue, it was, it, it, I will argue with you all day that Heroes Reborn was the best decision they could have made. Oh. <laughs> you want to know why? Yeah, I would love right to know now. why. Right now. Here we go. All right, let's we're going to go to another deep hole. Here yeah, we here go. we go. Here we go. Um, nobody gave a flying damn about the Avengers Fantastic Four Iron Man. Their comics were in the toilet. Marvel considered canceling the Avengers book yes. in 1994. That is insane. They yeah. considered canceling Fantastic Four in 94 as well. Um, by giving, by doing Heroes Reborn, and I agree with you, the stories are not great. I, I do, I, I can see that point right okay, away. Okay, fair enough. Um, the stories are not great, but by allowing Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld to basically kick these books in the ass, yeah, it made. All of comic book fandom be like, oh, these characters can be cool. Mm. These characters can be hip. These characters can be like relevant. Right. Because after Heroes Reborn, all of those events sold like crazy. Mm. All of their books like were boom. And to be honest with you, um, like I said, that's where we get the Kurt Music Avengers run, which I contend is the greatest Avengers run of all time. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Mark Wade cap run is the, is okay. It's it's not great. It's still pretty uh, the, solid. It's better than it's, it was exactly. before Heroes Reborn, though, and that's the thing for me. Yeah. I think they're Heroes all be- they're all better post Heroes Reborn. Yes, and I think that like Heroes Reborn, I I would like I like that it exists. I don't think it's good, but I think it reminded everybody like what they were losing. 
you know, it's it's one thing to cancel a title that's not selling very well and just having it unceremoniously disappear. It's another thing to take every like, to take these time honored characters that like kind of matter and are are you know representative of your company, and then saying like, look at how cool and rad they are if Jim Lee gets to draw them, and everyone goes, this is not what I want. This is not what they should be. Yeah. And then and then you take it away and then you give them to people who actually like give a damn about these characters because Jim Lee mm-hmm. and Rob Liefeld I don't think they really liked those characters as much as they liked the idea of getting that kind of exposure and 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 like having the chance to just kind of like play with those characters like having kind of carte blanche to play with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but but by doing that it allowed a lot of interesting concepts because that's a problem that you can have in storytelling. Yeah. You can put especially legacy characters, you can put legacy characters in a box and you never want to break these characters out of that box. Yes. And as soon as you do that, it's the death of storytelling. That's By the true. way, I want to call out one of a uh, Danielle <laughs> Duvall says, so Jason's defense of Heroes Reborn was the New 52 argument? Explain your point better. <laughs> Explain yourself. Well, because, I guess... Uh, I think you're coming at me and I want to, I want to, I you know... respond. Let's hear line it. Line up your bullets. Yeah. Let's hear it. Um, I, I also have a, you know, it's funny... My point is actually the New 52 argument, where it's like... Okay, sure. <laughs> where it's like, you take Heroes Reborn, you make it different, new, and, and and you throw away the continuity, and you remind everybody how much you don't like that, and then you bring it back, and then everybody likes that more. That is kind of New 52 rebirth for me. It's like, you take the things uh-huh. that you... You throw away the things that matter, because you think nobody really cares about them, and then you put it out on... And then, and then you put it out, and people go like, oh, wait a minute, I actually really do miss that. Like, I actually did care about that, as it turns out. Um, and then they go, oh, you did. Well, here it is again, and now we've fixed it. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll give you that argument on a couple of things. I mean, um, like, Superman. Because I, I don't I don't see that as being the new 52. It's, it's so funny. I find it so hilarious now that, like, everybody, like, wants to crap on new 52 mm-hmm. because of because Rebirth is around. Right. Um, I will say, as much as you, as I've been crapping on crap new 52 on... since new 52. So don't like, I I've been oh, consistent. Then I'll but... give you, I'll give it to you. But I'm not, I'm not saying just you. I'm saying like, right. I'm noticing that's like kind of a trend now. No, it's true. Yeah. Because the old thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in the new 52, no matter what you want, want to say, like, and yes, they lost their way. Um, but also like new 52 is, um, is responsible for some stuff. That uh, without New Fifty Two we'd have no Court of Vowels. I agree. Without without New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. uh, we would not. Um, you wouldn't have this Wonder Woman movie actually, because a lot of that origin of the Wonder Woman movie is coming from the New Fifty Two. Mm. Um, That's too bad. <laughs> uh, um, I love Brian Azzarello's uh, Wonder Woman New Fifty Two. You and run. Tiffany, man, I, I am. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. It fixes all the problems of Wonder Woman. That's fair. Listen, the reveal of of Wonder Woman's lineage, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I I I concede that was cool. I'm yeah. not a huge Brian Azzarello fan overall, though. So that's me, just me. Uh, me neither. But that one that one kind of surprised me. Yeah. So like, there are a lot there are a lot of uh, 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 stuff of uh, from New Fifty Two uh, that like of the New Fifty. There's a lot of good elements in the New Fifty Two. Now, I would say that New Fifty Two and Heroes Reborn is kind of different for me. Uh, it, they're not I, they're not comparable to me because. Mm. New 52 wasn't controlled by one person. No, that's true. And they didn't, like, New 52 wasn't all flash and little substance. It wasn't, like, Exactly, they... and that's what Heroes Reborn was. Heroes Reborn was give it to these artists who probably shouldn't be writing. Yes! <laughs> you know. And, yeah, and then saying, like, but doesn't it, isn't it cool that the thing looks like Bad Rock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the problem, fair. like... The problem, yeah. The problem is, is that like, and, and somebody just brought it up in the comments, is the fact that yeah, the, the I think the biggest problem with the new fifty two is that 
is is that they they didn't they didn't stick with the stories like they're doing with Rebirth. Yeah. You know, that was the problem. Like it, it was like, you know, we're going to stick with this. Like, you know, Superman single, we're going to we're going to hold to it. Like yeah. we're going to do it, you That's know, true. because I actually really like Grant Morrison's action comics as well. I like, really T-shirt, I, t-shirt I, Superman is awesome. I dug it for a good two or three issues. Um I think the best thing that came out of that action comics run was getting Rags Morales more work, but uh True. You know, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, but uh, but yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, and it, it, you were talking about like trying to fix the X Men. It'd be interesting to see if there is, if there would be a Heroes Reborn solution. Yeah. To the X Men because that's what the X Men need right now is they need a clear slate. Yeah. And and a really strong voice. Now I would take a Heroes Reborn approach to the X Men. Where you take like some X Men architects, not Chris Claremont, he's too close to it, but you do something where you're like, you give it to these really, really talented, like competent people, and they put the X Men in this other universe. You reboot everything, and then you heroes return it, where you bring them back into Marvel, now all polished and new. Kind of a Legion Lost kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. Like, that'd be kind of cool, I think. Um, I know that that wasn't, I don't think that was Marvel's endgame, but I I think that it could become one. Um, By the way, I want to give uh, Elric in the chat said, uh, New 52 didn't go far enough. It needed to be a total reboot right down the dick being Robin again. And that's, that's, I am 100% agreement with that. That was my biggest problem with the New 52 is that Batman and Green Lantern oh, yeah. history still happened. That, that uh, That's my you, argument as to why like you you would still get Court of Owls because Black Mirror happened before New 52. And true, obvious, true, true. like I think, I think Scott Snyder had Court of Owls ready to go. And it works in the context of all of Batman's history to have Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. But but you know what we're in DC Rebirth now and it all worked so out. So it doesn't matter. Okay. It's all we're, yeah. It's, it's a moot point. Um, I love how somebody just said like, "What happened? To the heroes turn bad." Topic. I know, right? Well, it's this is more interesting. So <laughs> the uh, yes. apropos of that, did you see? This is totally off topic. Jay, as you can tell, everybody, Jason and I don't get to talk very often. Um, That's right. <laughs> did you get it? Did you uh, did you see that Marvel did variant covers on all their X Men books where they just took the card art by Jim Lee and recolored it? I think that's awesome. I think it sucks because, like, I you know Jim Lee ain't getting a dime for that shit, but no. which really sucks and is like a real problem and it's like indicative of the main Marvel problem, which is that they don't care. But yeah, I also and- love that art and I want it all the time. And so seeing Jim Lee's X Men being put out like in front of you with with recolored art because his art is just as good. 25 years ago as it is now so i mean it's yeah it's 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 I, great now i'm not th- saying he hasn't changed or gotten better but like it was still fucking awesome 20 years ago well that's the problem is is that isn't that the last time that x-men were good gave a damn x yeah that everybody gave a damn about the x-men yeah yeah well i mean people still give a damn about the x-men but like people gave a damn and it was actually comprehensible is it possible would it be possible for them or would it be a conflict of interest for Marvel to say, Jim, would you like to draw some stuff for us, like new stuff? I know that he's a DC guy now, but like, it's all green. Like, <laughs> I'm very certain that would never happen. Really? You think it would never happen? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like... I mean, because he's the he's the DC publisher now, so you have to treat him as kind of a DC exclusive. Right, okay, that's fair, yeah. It is it's kind of the way you have to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly, like I said, like I kind of thought that was kind of bad taste. Like when they when they published his art, I was like, "Come on, guys! There have been plenty of X Men artists between him and now." Yes, you know. I think that if they had written him a check 
for it, it would be totally cool. I, I like oh, seeing sure. the art, but I think they they should have gone full tilt with it. Like I think they yeah. should have just they should have been like Jim. We're gonna think we're like bring him into the conversation. Listen, we would really like to, we'd like to do this kind of renaissance for X Men, and we'd like to talk to you about it. And we want to get you, we want to use your old art. Um, and that's one of the problems with with uh, uh, you know work for hire is that yeah. he 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 signed off on that artwork a long time ago, and yeah. it's it's theirs. Yeah, you know? I mean. You know what's funny though? I was just watching a video of Todd McFarlane's doing all these new like Facebook Live videos. I love them. They're so great. Um, so but good. He, he was talking about how Marvel mailed him, like the. Uh, okay, so at the top left hand corner of every comic book used to be where there was like a little box. I'm just explaining this to them. They, you know, but yeah. like, uh, used to be like a drawing or a little like scene, a little diorama of the character of the book, and. Um, used to be drawn by, I think Mike Zeck or somebody drew, like, Spider-Man kind of just standing there or, like, running. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's not Mike Zeck now that I think about it, but whatever. But the point being, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man was doing this really static image, and McFarlane's like, do you mind if I draw that little corner box? And they were like, go for it. So he drew this really great and lovely image of Spider-Man hanging upside down in the, in the corner. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, like, maybe a year ago or less, like, mailed him the original sketch of that art that he did oh, for them. Oh, that's cool. They were like, we were going through the office, and we found all this stuff, and, like, it's yours. And they mailed it back to him. Which, so, I'm like, that made me think, ooh, maybe Marvel is changing up their their, their methods. But then the fact that, like, Jim Lee ain't getting a dime for that X-Men cover makes me think, no, no. Yeah, for okay. several of them, for several I, of them. All right, and, yeah. let's talk about... Yeah. I'll bring us back around to topic Please here. Please do, um, yes. Have you read the Injustice Digital Comics? Yes, I've read up to year four. Okay, I've read through year five as well. Uh, I've read them all. So, um, nice. and the new one, Injustice Two, is actually pretty damn good. I hear it's great. Um, I mean, like it got great after like year one. Mm -hmm. It did. It was. It's really. It's man. It's surprising because usually tie-in books are terrible. And it so. it pretty much was for like the first few issues, but then out of nowhere, somebody's like, "Oh, wait a minute! Nobody cares. Like we, we could do whatever we want," we and they gave it to like talented people. Yeah. What do you think about what do you think about the Injustice universe? By the way, I'm really excited for the game, but like, let's talk about let's just, let's keep it in the comic book world, right? Uh, um, yeah. What do you great. think about that? Because there are some things in that in that comic where you have to look at it and you're like, okay, I don't think Superman would act like this, but I understand that they have to lead this to the video game, so I'll give you a pass. Right. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, I think that it's basically just Crime Syndicate, but. They Oh, that is a good call. Yeah. I mean I, I think it's just like Justice Lords and Crime Syndicate, but I think to sell the game, it's easier to say evil Superman than like Ultraman yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um But I think it's great. And I, I love the portrayal and I you know, Superman I think it takes less of a leap than uh the Justice Lords episode when uh from Justice mm. League Unlimited, when Superman kills Lex Luthor and he just says, I feel great. And I'm like, no. Superman would not be like, I just murdered a man, and it felt yeah. liberating. Like, that's all I needed to do was murder somebody that I hate, and it suddenly opened up a whole new door of opportunity for me. Like, no. Yeah, when, the, <laughs> when the event that happens in the Injustice comic about uh, him accidentally beating Lois to death. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, I understand why he snaps. Right. That's And her <laughs> unborn baby, of course. Like, yeah. Yeah, and the unborn baby. Yeah, no, that's, that is enough to make Superman, like legitimately go crazy enough to make uh -huh. to make really really bad decisions that will snowball into more like evil decisions i'm fine with that yeah i'm interested to see where the second one goes because right now in the comics it's uh uh and it's spoilers for the injustice 2 comics guys you haven't read it but i'm just i'm gonna tell you there's like <laughs> three here comes there's three issues um if you play the game you automatically get spoiled 
Right. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. Because this is a prequel comic again. Oh, um, okay. So it seems like it's a lot of it's just like trying to keep Superman in his red sun prison. And then in the most recent issue, they introduced an evil Batman. Like there's somebody dressing up as Batman and he's trying to get Superman out of prison. Yes. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go. Like I don't really know besides the game, like where they're going with it with Brainiac and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes it seem like that evil Superman and Batman might have to put their differences aside and team up. Which, I mean, that seems like the next logical step. You had yeah. five years of this comic where at where they're always at odds with each other, where they're all, they never have a common ground at all. Mm. And so, yeah, the next, the next story that you could write for that, that makes like for interesting, you know, interesting yeah. tales going and, forward and, is that. Yeah. And especially in that universe too, when they, they, especially in that comic book series, there are several moments where they, they really prove to you that Bruce and Clark are still friends. Yes. And because if you look at the, some of the stuff that, um, Clark does in that prequel series. Yeah. You'd be like, he would kill Batman in seconds. Right. But he doesn't because he, he's, and he does because they're friends. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love that. And I, I like the preservation of character while you don't, while some characters behave out slightly out of character or like marginally in, in a way where they need to be, it's convenient for the story. Well, and also because they have to line it up to the game. Exactly. They, oh, it yeah. has to line up. Um, mm. I think that it's done in a way that is, it's, it's earned, and it, I think it's fair because like they're still being true to the core of their character. They're yeah. you know if they're not being perfect representations of the character you find on the original comics, they are you know uh, decent enough approximations where it's okay, and it's mm-hmm, it, you can you can put it aside and you can just enjoy the story because you because you do. I just I legitimately just like yeah. it. I just think it's a cool story, and yeah, I'm not I'm like so, I'm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those yeah. games, man, are that like I'm so excited to play that game next week. Uh, I played it like a couple times, and just because I was so surprised at how good the first one was, like because I literally did feel like I was playing like a Justice League comic book come to life. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I felt so, the same way about uh, about DC versus the Mortal Kombat universe. Game. Yeah, that's a fun game too. Yeah, I think that without it, you don't have Injustice because I, I think they yeah. acquired. I think Warner Brothers acquired Nether Realm after that, or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Now Nether Realm's all this baby, and um, and if Injustice Two sells as well as I think it's going to sell, then we're definitely getting Injustice Three. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, like just like they said, you know, just like there's sh- sure as God made gr- little green apples, you're going to get another uh, Batman Arkham game in some way. You're, yeah, we're going to get some different. It, it may not be like. It may not be a hero. It may not be Batman specifically. Yeah. But like Rocksteady is probably definitely going to do like another DC game of some type. They've got to. Like, so. Yeah. There were all those rumors for years. Remember, there were like all these crazy rumors about this Arrow game that yeah. supposedly that was going to happen. Well, the, the Arrow uh, game and I think the Arrow movie and all that, like all these, uh, all these ideas going around about like them kind of pushing green arrow in a different media direction yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know are there I, any other are there any other evil heroes that we're forgetting jason todd ah good choice yes jason todd good guy much turning, better evil yeah w- yeah i think he's much better as a costume hanging in the cave but uh <laughs> yeah that's true that's i prefer true. him I being just... a mis- I, I prefer him being Ma- batman's greatest failure than any story that he's in but oh 
I, I agree with you. He's I, a cool I, character. I like, look, you. they you can tell good stories using a bad idea. I uh, completely can see that point. And I don't even say that it's a bad idea to bring him back. I just say that as a purist and as a, as a fan myself, I prefer him as a as a as a you know image as an icon in the cave as opposed to that. But yeah. I get it. Um, Hulk also Maestro, great villain. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, is is cool. I don't think we ever finished our Scarlet Witch talk, but yeah, Scarlet Witch is cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah, Superboy Prime, somebody brought up. Yeah, people said that a lot, like, in the in the pre-show. Like, did he ever have another time? Like, when, like, does anybody remember the good Superboy Prime? Because I think they were only publishing Crisis. that book in, like, the 50s. Uh, well, I, yeah, and then maybe Crisis, but, like, yeah. The... He didn't even do anything in Crisis. Yeah, I mean, he, he's basically almost always been a villain. Yeah, like so. he's he was a he, he was a Superboy in 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 like in in stories that don't matter, and then he was a bad guy. I think he's a great character. Like I think mm. it's a, I think I really like what they did with him. Um, not where they took him, but like Infinite Crisis is awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I liked Infinite Crisis. I, I, I found I found uh, in you know the, the further way we get from it, people are like Infinite Crisis was garbage and stupid. And I was like, really? Was it? I thought it was kind of cool. It's okay. Uh, uh, the the I think Infinite Crisis is fine. Um, the problem is is that unless you know DC continuity, you're kind of lost. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, and, and you, yeah, yeah, and you have to know Crisis on Infinite Earths, or else that first page, the first issue in page, has no power. Right. No, that's yeah. true. No, that in although any crisis has like it's yeah. That's oh true. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like it though. Yeah. Cool. Well, there you go, everybody. <laughs> I think we put this topic to bed. I think we did. Uh, we took it. I think we took it to bed like half an hour ago. We were like, we well, anyway. Well, we almost went into like another uh, another Show. Uh, another completely different Elseworlds Exchange podcast. I know about X Men. It was great. <laughs> but uh, I still say we can do that episode. <laughs> I think so. I think there. Well, yeah. Oh no, we we didn't get to follow it to its logical closure point. So yeah, there's definitely still room for that. So, uh, but hey, listen. Cool. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me, man. Uh, good show. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Um, and thank you guys for watching. Of course, uh, what's happening on ja- on uh, on Jowen that we can check out or uh, anything you're proud of that you want to talk about? Uh, we are building towards uh, the Flash uh, finale, our Flash recaps. We always do those. And yep. then after that, uh, we're going to try to maybe do some Wonder Woman origin videos. You can find all that over at YouTube.com slash Jawin, J-W-I-I-N. And then, of course, uh, our podcast, Geek History Lesson, is always on iTunes. And that's a, that's a big fun time. Yeah, it's a there. good show. It's blowing up. Mm-hmm. Nice stuff. Um, over here on Comic Pop, you can check us out. You can check out this episode. Uh, and later on today, we're going to be releasing a new episode of Back Issues on Superman Rebirth, uh, the Son of Superman. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, that's that's those are current issues. It's not current. Issues. It's not too back, but it's it's still in a trade, so it counts. Whoa. <laughs> oh hey. All Plus, right. there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory. I, as I discovered, like in the first 20 minutes of the episode, I'm like. So New 52 Superman dies, and then old Superman shows up, but then it turns out they're both the same Superman. Like, ah, that was a whole thing. Yeah, that's a whole thing. I like to just ignore that part. It's, I, after 20 minutes of explaining, I go, but they don't know that at this point, so really you could just forget what I just said. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, check it out, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us, guys, and um, nice. yeah, we'll have to schedule that next, uh, that's the next episode. We definitely do, we definitely do. So, so long, everybody, thanks for watching. Oh.